Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. Uh, my name is Alex Clements. I'm here with Campbell Flakemore. And if you haven't already, MAP's released their deep winter collection, a deep dive into the winter months, the full winter bib brace, maybe the best piece of cycling apparel you can buy yourself for me. Um, check that out at map.cc or 20 Vale Street. Uh, in their retail shop. On today's podcast, we're wrapping up uh, the Welter and Campbell will be going through his stuff first segment, update on his training program, if he's actually com- completed this week. And then Tom will be finishing things off with the Continental Breakfast. I still don't know what team he's doing. Surprise, surprise. we can't do any research. Yep, so unraveling who he's uh, previewing and uh, doing his doing his thing a, sl- a, a bit of a technical issue maybe a bit of a, a reality check pro cycling stats is down it's a big out when we're recording a podcast what do we um what, what do, do we do what do you do that? cycling news just it's just not cutting it to it's, be fair it's a it's a pass but it's not it's a great platform if it was uh 2009 but yeah it's 2019 so Cycling, pro cycling stats is that good. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 the, it's the backbone of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, we've done a little bit of prep, Alex, so we should be able to get ourselves out mm. of the woods with enough reconnaissance, but um, it's, it's, it's going it's to be tricky. It's, it is going to be tricky. It's more for the deep dive. You go, yeah. oh, what, what year was it that he placed at race X? How many wins have Team CCC and Dimension Data yeah. got this year? Which, prob- has ba- which has been clipped up, actually. You'll prob- find it in the notes. That's probably an easy one. <laughs> Not many. Not many. <laughs> Harsh. Um, I think they've got two... From from memory, if was Canada a world tour race? It was. We will so probably we'll, we'll touch on those two ra- uh, yeah. races as well. Anyway, uh, the Welter starting at stage seventeen, the fastest stage ever, over two hundred k. Over two hundred k. Yeah, it, it was warp speed, average of fifty point four kilometers. Uh, that's fast. That's really fast for for that long. And it was hot. Hot, 220-odd kilometres. that your worst nightmare? I a think long you, I th- stage. I think hot? You, I think yes. I think yes, because there's, there's no respite. And I don't think it was super hot because there was some footage of De Gent with a, with a rain jacket on, <laughs> 20K to go, and he, there was just no time to get it off at that speed. Uh, if, you, if you weren't in the Rabobank development team. Mm, just how, not, do, how do you take your hands you, off the bars? You're just never going to get your rain jacket off. <laughs> what? <laughs> do, you, do you want to explain that? I think we've been through it before. Have we, we been through it? Go through it. Uh, why, why do you talk about the Rabobank the, development team the, so much? And Well, our director at the AIS in circa 2013-14, we were at Olympia's tour, I think. It was piss and rain all week. And the DS just told us to just look at look at the Rabo boys when they take their rain jackets on and off. They they were just the kings of getting the rain jackets on and off. They they'd done it for years. And if you wanted to uh, model your technique, just look at the Rabo boys. And it was brought up every day in the meeting. So that's kind of why we we joke about it a little bit. But they were good at taking their rain jackets and, off, Alex. And Dylan Van Baal was ripping our legs to pieces. He was, which is kind of nice because now we know it's that good to see. he's world-class now, so mm. it wasn't too bad getting our heads kicked in by, by Van Baal. But still, and also he could take the rain jacket off, more importantly. He could. On that, fa- on that yeah, stage, back, anyway. Back to the stage, yeah. Back to the stage. Uh, a 
big group went up the road before the footage even started. And it was yeah, and Quintana. Quintana was in the move. We thought he was a little bit of a danger man at that seven. I think it was about at seven minutes on the GC, and it was a it was a tricky one. He wasn't at two. He wasn't at fifteen. It was that kind of tricky margin where he wasn't quite out of it. He slipped up the road, didn't pay too bad for it, but he got himself back into the GC mix. Um, uh, and yeah, it was just carnage. There was. Um, Groups everywhere. Like I said, 50 k's an hour for four and a half hours. That's 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 a hard day at the office. But Phil Gill, the king, adds uh, his 11th Grand Tour stage to his Palmares. Sammy Bennett hit out with about 500 he to go. He butchered it. Yes and no. If there was any sort of hesitation, he had it. But Phil Gill, he's a wise, He's pretty wise. He's 35, I understand, 36. I understand he was isolated. So it was always going to be a threat for someone to go. But... He had it wrapped up. He he only needed to manage maybe another 200, 300 metres. He's probably right. He had it wrapped up. Maybe just follow the next attack, tick off a couple more hundred metres and then launch your your sprint. He panicked a little bit. But, um, yeah, full credit to to Gilbert. Stage 18, a lumpy lumpy number and... Very lumpy. (laughs) Lopez went on the move from long range, as we expected. He kind of had to. He had to. Stage 18, we're getting in the depths of uh, the tour and... Didn't quite pay off. He was didn't. active. It was nice to see, but at the end at the end of the day, the others were just too strong. Podjakar actually found himself in, in proper trouble. He lost a little bit of time and slipped out of the top three. Uh, but Roglic, rock solid again. I thought that maybe he was going to crack a little bit like he did in the Giro in the third week, but he just got stronger and stronger as this race went on. And another youngster... Sergio Higuita, who has only been pro for less than a year. He signed a couple of months into this season. Tick, Grand Tour stage win. So another big win for and, Education and, First. And a tick for Education First. Big After season. a troubling start to the welter, losing um, a couple of... TJ, Rigo. Rigo, Hugh Carthy was out. Um, and they had Lawson Craddock knocking at the door yeah. a lot of stages, and they finally banged it down with, with Iguita. That's a tick for the world. I think, yes. I think a tick. Stage 19, another day for the breakaway, and a very quick step win. They just craft these victories out of probably situations that shouldn't really happen. But Remy Cavagna went from 30-odd K to go and... Again, just delivered for the team that can't stop winning. There was a little bit of drama as well on the stage. Movie star attacking in the crosswind when Roglic went down in a in a pretty big crash. I think it was James Knox was the first rider to go down. He was pretty mm. banged up. Movie star a- attacked properly. Mm, not great business for mine. There's, there's a question about that later on. Yeah, they, they eventually knocked it off, which was probably the right thing to do, but they're not going to make any friends doing that. Roglic came back. Um, Cavagna was sitting on the breakaway. He didn't make a whole lot of friends in that group, but he had he had good reason to be sitting on. He had Gilbert and Stebar back in the group who were going to probably do a good sprint anyway. Uh, and then when the gap was getting to a little bit of a dangerous margin for the for the break, he just hit him and he, he hung on for 24K, which was mighty impressive. There was talk that there was a little bit of a headwind coming into the finish, a little bit of a one-kilometre uphill Kicker and he hung on, hung on by five seconds to Bennett, and then it was Stebar and Gilbert. So three riders in the top four on the stage. So big rider, big rider, big talent, and just another bloke winning races for this team. It's crazy. 
if we had pro cycling stats, I'd love to get the data. Stage 20. And I guess the, the last the last hurdle for Roglic to jump over. And Pogatar just continued his stellar welter on a solo mission. He had some of the biggest names in world cycling chasing him down, but went on for his third stage win. Yeah. We thought maybe he was going to suffer in the third week. He had a little bit of a hitch on stage 18, lost a little bit of time. But then he decided to just go on a rampage on stage 20. <laughs> Which is bold because he was sitting in fourth at that point. There's a bit to lose. As a 20-year-old, you'd, yeah. you'd sign up for that straight away. He didn't care. He's like, I'm going to risk it. He attacked with 30k to go. Won the stage by a minute and 30 to Valverde, who, note, has had a pretty consistent yeah. welter. But uh, three st- three stages as a 20-year-old in a Grand Tour, not as a sprinter, is incredible. He's been probably the strongest climber in the race for mine. Time yep. trial was solid. And to still be, yeah, doing that sort of stuff after three weeks, we've got a big battle between him and him and Bernal for the next and 10 he, years, And he I'd continued say. the year of young pups. Yeah. It's been... Just a, it's climbing been, sensations. Yeah. And also... Like hard men sensations yeah. as well in Van der Poel and Van Art and uh, Remco. So, yeah, crazy. Stage 21 to wrap things up. Jakobsen got another win in a bunch gallop to. He had a really good welter. He did. They had a good welter, really, as well. Yeah, they, they had a good welter as a team. James um, Knox just finished outside the top 10. Unfortunate for that. He got caught up in that crash yeah, in the crosswind stage. And, and he was in all sorts of trouble on, it must have been stage 20. Um, but he did well. He dug in. He finished 11th. And I think probably at the, at the start of the world, so if you had said, mate, you're going to finish 11th from the GC, mm. he would have taken it straight out of your hand. But 11th from the GC, four stage wins. Jakobsen with two. Gilbert with two. That's uh, a big tick for them and a big tick. Tick for Jakobsen because we thought Sam Bennett was probably going to have it all his own way. But well, the way he was coming into it, he was going to clean up. Yeah, but the lead out from Richese was oh, was was good, world class. If you want anyone to be able to box on for you, it was probably the Argentinian. He's yeah. a South American. He doesn't care. He's been in street fights since he was sixteen. <laughs> so a, a bunch kick in the welters, no problems for him. So yeah, yeah a, a big tick for Quick Step, and again, they're probably. Probably edged out Astana for the the team of the season, I'd say. Roglic missed a consistent, didn't miss a beat. Speaking, yeah, speaking full of, credit. Speaking of consistency, not just in this welter, but there was a nice little tweet um, a few days ago that I picked up. Primoz Roglic in stage races and Grand Tours since April 2018. Basque Country first, Romandie first, Slovenia first, Tour de France fourth, Tour Britain third, UAE first, Torino first. Romandy first, Giro third, Vuelta first. That's consistent. Tick. So, who knows what they're going to do next year with Tommy mm. D on the squad. That's not for us to uh, decide, but we'll definitely be talking about it at the start of next season. But that's a nice problem to have. Alejandro in second, some old legs, and Bogota, some youthful legs in third. Good Vuelta. Yeah, doesn't it's not it's not it's always, it's always. Not ex- it's not, you don't get super keen for it. You, your energy's kind of a little bit zapped at this point of the season. You've had a lot of late nights through May and and July, and the welter it doesn't get you as excited. But it's it's probably the best racing to watch. It's it's the most unpredictable. 
I think it suffers for where it's um, when it's scheduled in, during the season. The, yeah. This back end versus the Giro where you ooh, first sniff of a Grand Tour. Yeah. You've just come off the Spring Classics hype. There's a lot going on. The tour's um, the tour. The tour's the tour. It's always going to be the biggest. And then also there's a heap of other races on at the same time. Yeah. Your favourite thing My favourite thing about cycling. Uh, Canada. What's it called? GP. Quebec. Quebec. And Montreal. On as well at the same time, of course. Another World Tour race on at the same time. Good work, UCI schedulers. I guess a good good little indicator, that and Britain, which has also been on, uh, of how things are moving heading into the World Championships which can't which can't be too far away. If you got a date couple, there, couple of weeks. I couldn't tell you. Maybe it's not next weekend, but the weekend after. Couldn't tell you. Uh, but yeah, all the all the guys that'll be around the mark at the World Championships are were here in Canada. Uh, Quebec. Michael Matthews took the chocolates ahead of Sagan, Van Avermaet, Ulysses, and Stuyven, and then a couple of days later in Montreal. GVA one ahead of uh, Ulysses and, and Garcia. Just a quick note. I'm not sure if you saw the finales there, Alex, but Jack Haig was very active at the end of, of these races, as was he at um, Bretagne, the one day yeah, in France a couple of weeks yeah. ago when he ran a third behind maybe, the two Belgies. Maybe some late season form for a, a lottery ticket for the Australian squad at Worlds. Well, yeah, he's he's named. It'd be a nice little move for him to, you know, sixty, seventy k to go. Throw him up the road. Him and Simon Clark. Maybe also, I don't, that I role. don't know if Simon Clark's missed a podium in the last, or at least a top ten in the last three months. He's been around the mark here, there, and everywhere. Loves the World Championship as well, to yeah, Simone. He's good. He's good at the back end of the year. So Australia's got some nice options there. Obviously, with Michael Matthews winning ahead of Sargon and Van Avermaet, that was that was the one with the big the big dogs kind of went head to head, and then. Yeah, like I said, Van Avermaet getting the win for Team CCC just there. What was it? Well, you don't want to count Paddy Bevan's National TT Championship, do you? Which is a bit harsh, I would have thought. But anyway, if you include that, yeah, Paddy Bevan won, won there and the Tour Down Under. Van Avermaet won in uh, Valencia and Yorkshire. And then Van Avermaet won in Canada. So it's been a pretty lean year, just the two, two, the two riders that have chalked up wins, which and is worrying. Two World Tour wins as well. Mm. The rest the rest are 2.1s or 2.HCs. So. Slash Hammer Series, which I'm not counting that, whatsoever. That doesn't count. So, One's a national championship it, too. <laughs> it's a bit lean. <laughs> it is lean. It, it's not the Belgium national road race. Like, yeah. That's, a, that's class A. Nothing. Nothing to take away from his national championship, but in terms of shredding Team TCCC, <laughs> it's not on the list. On to the other team, Team DD, Dimension Data. Who's better? Again, it's it's not it's not great reading for them. Edval Bossenhagen and Giacomo Nazzolo, and I'm not even going to be able to try and pronounce this name. I look like a dickhead. Go for it. Back yourself in. <laughs> the Eritrean national champion He won the TT I'm not even going to try and, and pronounce this they've, they've had three riders win races And if the New Zealand nationals doesn't count The Eritrean nationals doesn't count either <laughs> To be fair yeah. So again, another lean, lean year for them Not taking Cav 
to the Tour de France kind of you know hogged the headlines for them in terms of their their poor season. But uh, both of those teams are going to go back to the drawing board and have to come back up with a better recipe for for 2020 if they want to secure a sponsorship. I, I guess Dimension Data they got the, a lot of things going on outside of the team. Thank, uh, with Qu- thank, thankfully, Quebec, etc., etc. But Team CC. I think the shoe guy, if he wants to pull his money, could do it pretty quickly. Mm, so he wouldn't wouldn't take much justification. <laughs> Imagine him reporting to the board, going, "Okay, right, we spent uh, twenty million dollars on this sponsorship, and we got three wins for GVA to win a yeah. race in Canada." Yeah, thanks for coming. Southfest training. You're up to week two. Yeah, week You've two. You've got this image here of goat. Yeah. What does what does that mean? Well, that's just the name of the session. So there's must be must be fifty types of session. This is just one of the base kind of endurance sessions. So, I, like I said, I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three sessions a week. Um, so yeah, this well, last week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I did goat, which is the name of the session. Just an endurance session. So the normalized power was was two fifteen. So it's it's a solid session. Big, Four, ri- big rider, forty huh? odd minutes. Which was nice, and then on Wednesday I did butter. It's the name of the session. Normalized power a little bit higher, two hundred and thirty-four, which was great. It's classified as an endurance session, so a little, the, a little bit more consistent on the graph here. Yeah, the intensity is a little bit higher, which was good. Uh, and by the name of the session, butter, it's quite high cadence, just just spin and butter. And then on Friday the session was uh, the way out, which was again just a, a base session. Um, Things not too just much over, over three hundred watts, so just sort of getting the base down. For do they do SE. There is some SE. Bit of strength. Bit of strength. It's hard doing strengths. Uh, bit of maintenance. Bit of maintenance on Trey Rosotti with Alex Morgan <laughs> on the TT bike. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a, a bit of strength and endurance session here and there. Sixty cadence on the on the turbo is is mighty hard. There's no breeze. You're just sweating like a madman. But on the Wahoo kicker. On the Wahoo kicker. No, no they're no turbos anymore. No, we're on the good gear. We're on the good he- gear here at SSS. But that was an hour. So that, that was quite a long time. That's on, a long time on the turbo. On, on, on a Friday as well. So I'm committed to this. Right after a big week. <laughs> big week on the tools. <laughs> I'm committed to this session. But honestly, after after six sessions, I'm I'm already feeling better for it. So... I've seen a few of the numbers which people predict I'm going to hit. I've seen some 380s, some 350s. I think those people were kidding themselves. Mm. I'd like to think somewhere around the high 200s slash low 300s is is probably a realistic. If you want to win yourself a T-shirt, you just have to find that post we put up and comment on what you think Cambo's power will be at the end of the 12 weeks. I'll give you a hot tip. Between 290 and, and 310, I reckon. Is, is your money? Is, yeah, is where I think I'll, I'll probably end up, which is, I'm not sure what percentage that is, but it's a, it's a decent improvement. Have you got a Sufferfest rider of the Welter? Of the Welter? The guy that suffered the most through the Welter? It's probably, depends how you define suffering, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess the, the best thing is probably just to look at the, the last few days. Probably James Knox mm. uh, carrying... Those kind of grazes through the last few days, especially when you're defending a, a high GC place. And a lot got, of pressure. A lot of pressure. And you've got guys like Gilbert taking your rain jacket. It's like, like I, I need to get through this mm. if this bloke's helping me out. So probably Knox. It would have been nice to see him get a top 10, but another young British talent on the up. Question time. Kick things off with Pumpstagram. Loves a question. Loves a question. Three, three likes, two, which we don't mind. And a consistent question ask 
ask, uh, what's your pick for World's Podium TT and Road? I like the question. It's a good question. Good question. World's TT. Would you see actually Rowan Dennis came out, he, he's, he surfaced. Yeah, he's, he's back. He's back. There was mm. a, an article, I think it was in the Advertiser in yep. Adelaide, there was a paywall to it, so I didn't actually get to read it. But I saw that uh, Cycling News kind of did a, a summary, a, tr- a, tr- a summary, summary of it, and it sounds like he's he's going hard for worlds as you would expect as a defending mm, champion. Yes, you want to come back and that's um that's crazy that he's going hard for worlds and defend. Who would have thought? And defend his rainbows. So I'm going to go Rowan first, Grant Thomas second, and third. It seems like it's a bit of a bit of a lottery. Put your hand up if you want to win. I'm not sure whether Roglic is going to be going. If he is, I'd, I'd put him on the podium. For the road race, Alex, what do you reckon? Again, it's it's mighty hard. Have you but... seen that footage of Vanderpol winning that stage of Britain? The uphill, Which one? The, the, uphill, the uphill one where he wins by lengths. The one where he dumps Trenton or the one, the actual bunch kick? The one where he, I think he, d- he goes from maybe 200 out yeah. and he just looks like he's absolutely yeah. muscling, mm-hmm. like mashing this gear. And it's it's Unreal. I think if everything goes right, I think he's going to be hard to beat. Can you see anyone going past him? Honestly, I honestly I don't. I think I think if it if it just comes to a group sprint, I think there's some guys that are faster than him. But if it's if it's hard and it's going to be it's worlds, it's over 260k. This bloke just seems to be so much stronger than everyone else. So we saw it at Amstel Gold. Mm. He's young. I don't think he's done a senior world. So there's a lot of those sort of factors. It's a long, to, it's a long race. You've got to consider. But if everything goes right, I, I don't see anyone beating him. Bling. Michael Matthews, Peter Sagan. Peter Sagan, um, GVA. Jill Bear as well. Yeah. Belgium are going to have a super team. I'm not sure who they're, who they're sending. But if they have Benut and Nason and all these guys, it's going, to be, it's going to be pretty hard to control for them. But yeah. I can actually tell you who they're sending. Put on the Insta. Tim DeClerc. Remco, Phil Jill, Lamparts, Nielsen, Toons, GVA, Wellens. Mm-hmm. Good luck keeping that all under control. Yeah, imagine trying to manage that squad. Uh, if the shoe fritz, after a spring where GVA literally always attacks and brought everyone to the finish to the line, how good was he in Montreal? Have you watched it? I literally just watched the last kilometre. So, well... More the fact that he was good that he actually won a race yeah. and gave CCC <laughs> their second world to a win for the year. That's how good he was. <laughs> M-U-N-T-R on Instagram. Without checking, how long did it take for the last place rider to finish in the welter? Well, to be honest, we can't actually check because PC Pro Cycling Stats is, to see if it's is come it back still on. down. Still down. Still down. It's still down. So we, yeah. We'll take, take a punt. And we'll um, four and a half hours on the winner. The complete stage behind the winner. That might be a bit stage. much, but I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, I think more three, low threes. Nath Bike Fam, what are your thoughts on Roland Dennis after the world's TT? Will he stay at Bahrain or change teams? I cannot see him staying at Bahrain. I concur. It's hard to see. I think he he talked about in that article that Tokyo is is the main focus for next year. So. Whether he just does Tokyo, does the Nationals, I don't know. That's it's not really uh, possible to just have those two races. But 
Who knows? We don't, we don't know, so we'll just have to <coughs> wait and see. There was actually a question from Jethro Nagel. I thought he missed the cut. Who would you rather be at the end of the World Cup? Roglic, Pogatar, or Patrick Lefebvre? Probably Roglic. You're the winner. What is he, 28? He's been knocking at the door for a while now. Um, and to get the, the first Grand Tour win, he's going to take a lot of confidence out of that. Knows what he has to do to win one, so I'd probably take him. But if I was any of those three, I think you'd be pretty pretty happy with your three weeks' work. Mm. Andy Razgrams, what happened to Port in Montreal? Why didn't he finish? Richie's... No idea. And what is Richie doing at the moment? Probably just wants to get back to Launceston, I imagine, mm. for the summer, post up. Bit of fresh air, clean water. Mm. Uh, get Nate. To the, get to the pantry. He loves the pantry. Is that still a thing? Yeah, I think the pantry. Yeah, yeah, the pantry. It's one of the biggest coffee shops in Launceston. Nate underscore Titch, how bloody quick were they going on stage 17 in the crosswinds? We talked about that yeah, earlier. Yeah, bloody quick. I <laughs> feel like I blinked and missed the last 80K. I saw there was a visual came up the last, I think it was 30K or the last 30 minutes. The average was 60K an hour. Who would you rather in your team, Bernal or Pogatar? Hmm. Bernal on the Tour de France. <laughs> Yes, he's two years older, or one year older. Yeah, I reckon he's a bit, I, I, get a bit weathered. Well, we saw what Quintana, he looks weathered, he's 28. What was he? No, he's 29, he looks about 90. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, it's that, uh, that lack of lack of air as a youngster, they make it, you get old quite quick. But T- yeah, pro- probably burn out. TT Daily, will George Bennett ever get over, uh, get his own chance at a Grand Tour? Uh, not at Lotto. Not at Jumbo. Not at Jumbo, not the way that they're recruiting. Johnny Rayner from down south. Yes. Long-time listener. Active. Crash etiquette is racing too polite. He's referencing stage 19. No. It's, not, it's not too polite. Do you want to lose a, a, a race like that? You don't, but it's very cycling. It is. But the, the, the unwritten rules are pretty, pretty strong in cycling, aren't they? Mm. It doesn't look good. You, I don't you, like it. You, um, uh, I was thinking about it, and imagine coming finishing this World Tour and Roglic didn't win because of that crash. It just. But you know what? The, th- the thing is, it'll be it'll be sour for a couple of weeks, but people forget things pretty quickly in cycling. Yeah, I mean, ten, fifteen years down the track, they just look at the results, and no one would remember. No. But you'd probably find yourself off the edge of the mountain in your next race. I uh, yeah, I, I don't mind it in that scenario, but I think. Maybe sometimes they get a bit too nice, mm. a bit too polite. I think I think what he's referencing is that stage in the Vuelta and yeah. what they did was out of line. So, Matthew on Insta, who would you rather? Oh, there's a lot of who would you rather be? Who would you rather be at the moment? Bernal, Vanderpol, Remco, or Pogatar? He's just add another two to the mix. Vanderpol. <laughs> I think Vanderpol. Imagine is, winning races like he does. Not only like that, but. On the mountain bike, on the cyclocross, he seems like a bit of a bit of a big man on campus in Holland. Got like a three hundred thousand followers on Insta. Mm. I think he'd do all right on the Maastricht circuit as well. He would so. go. He would go well. Uh, Braden CP next year's Tour de France. Jumbo Visma. Who leaves the team? Good question. I think Tom D. I think Tommy D. Wonder what Roglic thinks at the moment. Well, we did re-sign. They put out a pretty cool re-signing video during the Vuelta. I'm not sure if you saw that, Albie. They got a few big names. Frankie de Jong playing for Barcelona. They, did you see the... No, I haven't seen it. They just had a 
uh, a promo video and they had some FaceTime videos with like, I guess, big names in Holland. One of them, Frankie de Jong, who plays for Barca. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, it's time for the Continental Breakfast. The unravel- unraveling. The biggest man on campus. Tom Hamilton, come on down. Welcome, Tom. Boys, 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 boys. Welcome back. Good to be back. Per. Got your New York circuit hat on. <laughs> yeah, just got back from New York, actually, Campbell. You look like one of those AFL players that come back from rehab. Yeah. Those sort of hats. First holiday in 19 years. <laughs> yes, and I got a hat to prove it. But um, bigger things at hand. The uh, Continental Breakfast is back. Still with a sponsor. Didn't lose it after last week. So that's huge. Um, and what is it? Okay, so so the Continental Breakfast brought to you again by creative agency Harper with two A's. Head to <laughs> harper.co to see more of what they're about or email Dan at Dan at Goodblock. No, kidding. It's Dan at harper.co. Now, Harper are part of the big three, right? Big, not too sure what the other two people do, but they're definitely part of the big three. So check them out. Look at their website. They've just done some stuff with 2XU. Looks pretty swanky. Better than the, the ship I run here. So give them, a, give them a look. Have a look at their website. But um, cue the intro. Sit down, get comfortable, and get ready to delve into the strange and beautiful world of continental cycling. The Continental Breakfast. The Continental Breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this week, boys, we are doing a Belgian team. Mm. Uh, Inspired from? No inspiration at all. Literally lacking inspiration this week, so I had to go and find it. And I've settled on Corridon Circus. Now, they started in 2008 and they were continental up until 2018. So, if we had been doing this 12 months ago, I'm well within my rights. Currently, probably not so much, but I don't really care. So, um, which, which you've proven. Yeah. So, they only still, went. Still yet to do a continental <coughs> team. Well, they only went pro conti this year because they wanted to do the classics, which I'll get into. So, um, incarnations. So, it was mixed. Um, I guess I couldn't actually work out what year that actually started. Some websites said 2008, some websites 2009. Not really a big issue at this point, but they started off as BKCP dash Power Plus in, all the way up until 2015. So that's a pretty pretty good team name. I would have thought Power Plus. Don't know what they do. 2016 they became BKCP dash Corandon. So that's when the current sponsor jumped on board. Then in t- from 2016 to 2017, they were Corandon, And then from 2018 until currently, they are Corandon-Circus. So, <laughs> very, very interesting stuff. Sponsors information. What do we think Corridon do, boys? Albie, we'll start with you this week. Corridon are a bank. Corridon are a bank. Campbell. Finan- financial nah. nah Do you want to give Kind of a clue Or Not so much Belgium team uh, Yes but So most likely Industrials Yeah but Not a Belgian Sponsor 
Where's, so the, that's where's no the sponsor clue. from? Can you, is it, can uh, they're Turkish Dutch sponsor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a mix. Well, you know, well, you know how these pro Ponzi tra- teams do in Turkey. Yes. <laughs> a traditional, traditional li- Turkish Dutch sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've said it before, I think, but I'm going to go with tractors. I'll get it one day. <laughs> Just keep going till we find a team that, <laughs> that has a tractor sponsor. <laughs> hey, shoot your shot. They're a Turkish-Dutch airline company. They fly to over 160 destinations over, I'm going to say the world, but I'm just going to probably hazard a guess at mostly between Turkey and um, uh, the Netherlands. Uh, they have 18 planes in the fleet, boys. <laughs> Only 18. Their slogan is every second matters now. <laughs> it's kind of relevant to cycling. We're going to get to an interesting fact pretty early on here. <laughs> every second matters. So keep that in mind. <laughs> what are they trying to say to their customers? <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Corridon Airlines flight 733 <laughs> suffered. <laughs> now, I'm not a, an aeronautical engineer's shoelace, right? But I'm assuming if you suffer a hull loss and then catch fire during pushing back from the gate, Jesus, you're in a bit of, you're in a bit of strife. Uh, You'd rather that pushing back than at thirty-five thousand feet, the hole falling out of the plane, <laughs> the arse dropping out of the show. So basically, they've suffered a hull loss, critically. Um, Twenty-seven people were unfortunately injured, but. Uh, the cause was determined to be a short in the circuit in the captain's cockpit near an oxygen tank. But, like, <laughs> the slogan's like every second. Yeah, matters. so like, everyone else on the plane was pursued their life after that every second matters. That's it. Evacuate every second matters at this point. So, anyway, that's the interesting fact. Nothing to do with the team, but I just thought that, like, I'm not, not, not saying don't get on any code on flight between Turkey and the Netherlands, but um, just check which one of the 18 planes you're on. Make sure it wasn't the uh, the famed Flight 733. Anyway, moving right along. Circus, what do we think they do? Um, As we said last week, silence is great for podcast. So let's just throw tractors up again if you want to, mate. No, uh, some sort of IT oh caper. <laughs> no? Turns out, no, that's not it. But I would have actually they're said uh, that. I was guessing that when I was looking. No, nah, you're not going to get Anyway, they're a Belgian betting company. All right, big star. Who to look out for? I think this one's pretty obvious. You guys have already mentioned this earlier on. How'd you it? pick it? This this one was pretty easy because he's actually got results. Probably more so. He's got more results personally than most entire teams that I've looked at have. <laughs> so the big star is MVDP, Mathieu van der Poel. And he does cycling. He does it all. This bloke. He's he's if 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 he was to get apart from winning the best and fairest at the footy club every year, this bloke would like get the utility award. Like he he does it all. Like he's the most useful tool in the toolbox. Like cyclocross, no dramas. He does a bit of mountain bike racing, no dramas, and obviously <laughs> he does a bit of road road cycling. Um, but he's best obviously known for winning the Cyclocross World Championships in 2015 and 2019. He was like four years old when he won that. <laughs> the junior road, he won the Junior World Road Race Champs in 2013, which I think they just got him out of diapers and into bib shorts at that point. He twice won the Junior Cycle World 
Cyclocross World Championships in in 2012 and 2013. So he just did the double as the first ager, then as a top ager. And he's the first rider to win multiple titles at that level. So um, he won the 2018 Dutch Road Race National Championships. He also won this year's Dwarves Van Vlaanderen and the Amstel Gold Race. So this bloke, not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty well established himself in the cycling scene. Um, But basically... He gets a gold medal for taking a shit, this bloke. Like, he just, he can't do anything wrong. His father, Adri, was a six-time national champion. He won a world title in 1996. Um, Not too sure whether that was actually cyclocross or road cycling. But he was also a two-time stage winner at the Tour. He won several classics during his career. His grandfather, Raymond Paul Lidor, was a French cyclist and a Grand Tour winner at the 1964 Vuelta. Uh, He also finished the Tour de France as a runner-up three times in his career. So you could big say... Pe- big pedigree. He's got a touch of heritage back in him. Um, Just like you and Lucas. Yeah, Lucas has my pedigree backing him. All right, Team Victories, these guys, much like their big star, are pretty diverse. For Cyclocross, they've won World Championships with Niels Albert in 2009 and 2012. They've won every cyclocross race under the sun slash rain cloud, which is usually when those things go down with Niels Albert in the early days. And they just had to turn up to win the German National Cyclocross Championships. It was a formality. Like, the the bloke who won that, don't know his name, probably could have found that out, um, also had shares in the trophy company that was making the trophies because he would just go ahead and get them all made at the start with his name because it was just to speed things up. It was just easy money for him. Road cycling, 2009. <laughs> these these guys own the Tour of Alsace. 20, 2009, stages two and five at the Tour of Alsace with Niels Albert. 2011, two stages at, sorry, the one stage two at the Tour of Alsace with Niels Albert. 20, so he was obviously on holidays, just happened to be in France and was like, yeah, and no, I'll do the Tour of Alsace. <laughs> 2013, they won two stages with two different guys at the Tour of Alsace. 2014, they won stage three at, you guessed it, the Tour of Alsace. <laughs> 2018, they progressed slightly from here. 2018, they won the Dutch National Championships. Uh, that was with uh, MVDP. 2019, they won Dwarves Van Vlaanderen. They won Amstel Goal. They won... Slight, the, slight level up. No, that, hey, Alsace is a good race. You, can't, you don't just turn up and win that unless you're... Nils Albert or Matteo Vanderbilt. <laughs> the Belgian National Championships, they won that this year. And they, and just to keep in line with their heritage. That's big, by the way. Uh, what a thought. <laughs> Not, Belgium Nationals. It's, it's, it's a pro contest. If you're going to win, in my opinion, IMO, if you're going to win the National Championships, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm 100% not wrong with this, that is the National Championship to win. I think yes. It is. Yep. It'd be the. It'd be so hard. Imagine. <laughs> it'd be so. Even just getting selected for the team for the nat, like for the world. Yeah, to make the world's teams make, hard. Try and be the, in the top eight Belgian riders. Nah, not going to happen. Give up, kid. Play soccer. <laughs> but they also won stages one and four this year at the Tour of Alsace. So <laughs> then, this. Well, actually, does that make sense? Would a pro Conti team be racing the Tour of Alsace? Mm, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. When Just we did a Europe car were there. Ah, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. They were good pro-conti teams. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Boygos Telecom. Boygos. 
All right, alumni. Um, these guys actually still ride for the team, so they're not really alumni. But again, the rules with this podcast aren't exactly clear cut. Or if they are, they're just ignored. Stein Devolder, mm. huge. This guy is 400 years old, and in the last 400 years, he rode for Disco Channel uh, for three or four years, Quick Step for two or three years, Vaconsolet dash DCM for two years, Trek Segafredo. He got fourth in the Japan Cup in 2006. He was Belgian champ in 2007 and 2010. He won two. He won two Flanders in 2008 and a national in the national jersey. By the way. That's going to be to peak Belgium goals. Imagine mm. if winning you win the Ronde in the national champs jersey. Imagine born and raised Belgium, you win the national jersey, and then you win the Ronde van Vlaardering. Just. And your name's Stein. <laughs> Devolder. <laughs> Mostly your name's Stein. <laughs> and that is not a soft J. That is a hard J to Stein. Devolder. Um. Lasse Norman Hansen. I'm pretty sure you would have raced this cobber, wouldn't you? Yeah, we did. Yep. Oh, Lasse or Lasse. He was part of the Aqua Blue uh, team. He mm. was. He won gold medal at the Men's Omnium and the 2012 Summer Olympics in... Where's he now? Corindon. He's back Circus. there. No, he's here now. He never... He never left. He never left to come <laughs> back. He's arrived. <laughs> he's not coming and going. So he's a current alumni. If that's a thing. Well, as I said, <laughs> mostly just a current rider. <laughs> but he was he was with two seasons with Blue Water Cycling and was also with I don't know who Blue Water Cycling it's are. A Danish Conti team. Are they? Yeah. Probably should do them. Probably won't. Hansen, he was referring he was, to Aqua Blue. He was with No, no, there's it was Aqua Blue after that. Or before it. Um he was with Garmin Sharp for a couple of seasons. Obviously did not impress there. And two thousand thirteen he won both under 23 national titles. So out of, I think he's, he's Norwegian. Or Danish. Danish. He's Danish. Danish. They'd be hard under That'd 23 be, national mm. titles to win as well. Just in a wind tunnel. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> 200 k's in a wind tunnel. <laughs> and on, on this table as well. <laughs> the old uh, the old pancake wind tunnel. It's literally, <laughs> your one objective is just not get blown away. Your reward is escaping with your life. Directors. Now, how's this for, a, a, I think he's Dutch, or he might be Belgian. Oh, I could be on that border, you know, that that bit between two countries. That's pretty much, you can't tell what country they're from. I reckon he's from there because he's got a real <laughs> Dutch-sounding name, but he's the head of a Belgian team, Christoph Rudhoft. Or else he's right on that Luxembourg border. <laughs> I'm not good with the um, etymology of... Is it an etymology? If you look at the history of... It's the history of words. The study of history of words. I don't know about names. It's probably got a set, separate ology. But anyway, he's a former Belgian cyclist who rode between 2000 and 2007, so had a long, illustrious career <laughs> for several smaller teams. <laughs> after a rapidly... <laughs> this is a direct quote. After a relatively active cycling career, Rudhoft was discredited in a doping case... Uh, but was suspended from punishment. So basically, he was dragged through the shit, <laughs> got a got a, like a stain on his name, and then was like, "No, nah, okay, don't worry about it. You're all right." Um, and I've also read somewhere that he won a Derny in 2005. <laughs> 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 so he's he's not. <laughs> 
For someone from that, I'm imagining place on the border between the Netherlands and Belgium. He hasn't exactly done a lot. Maybe his, his managerial skills far outweigh his cycling ability. His brother, potentially, Philip Rudhoft. Rudhoft. Uh, I'm seriously assuming he's the brother of the former these, cyclist. These between blokes could be from near the French border. Rudhoft. What is it, Christoph and... Yeah, no, he's, he's Dutch. He's, he's definitely Dutch. <laughs> but um, I'm assuming Philip is the brother of the former cyclist from between 2000 and 2007 with the discreditation next to his name. So there's Philip and Christoph running the team. You see, uh, I thought if there was going to be one team so far that we've done in this segment, these blokes would have been the ones to not have a doping saga. I know it's a director from the mid-2000s, but still these things continue to linger in well, these Well, it sounds like he was just a, he was a shit cyclist and a sh- shit at doping. Like, he didn't win anything. And if he was doping, like, bruh, you should have started your, your management soon. <laughs> should have done that cert for him. Management quicker. Like, just get it in, tick the boxes. Just do a, just do a quick two-year diploma or something. Anyway, moving on. Doping convictions. No, there's, there's really little, like, there is actually nothing really to report here. But in 2015, a under-23 Belgian, sorry, the Belgian under-23 cyclocross champ and world's runner-up, Lawrence Schweek, faced a possible two-year suspension for, <laughs> this is some pretty stupid, <laughs> stupid shit, for the intravenous use of the infant nutritional supplement, Vanny Vamin Olact. Um, but the Belgian Cycling Federation announced it was dropping the case against him because there was insufficient evidence to prove that he did any wrongdoing. Basically, he just contravened the no-needles policy and he just maintained uh, that he took it orally. But it's just kind of like, I don't know what this Vamin Olact supplement is, but it's just like, you know, don't... Don't go playing with fire sort of thing. Don't like keep the needles at home or don't keep them at home. Just keep them somewhere else that's not your home where you can't be associated with them at all. And stay away from little children, obviously, because um, you don't need these nutritional supplements. Like, what are you going to do with it? Like, just have have a, have a carrot or something, mate. Like, anyway. Kit, pretty uh, pretty tidy, to be fair. Boy. Yeah, so, I, I like the kit a lot. Yeah, I do like the kit. Um. Any comments? No, I like it. I, I, I'd need to get it up on my computer if I really want to have a comment, but it, from memory, it's it's not offensive. It doesn't... Far from it. It's far from it. It's it's quite nice on the eyes. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a tick. Probably, yeah. the, probably the best kit. Genuine eye candy. Metaphor is simile. So, not really a metaphor about the team, but just probably more of a metaphor about Matthew. Matthew? Matthew. Matthew. Matthew, MVDP. It's kind of like, um, and I know they've got other formerly good riders, right? But when you look at it as a team, when you think of Corridan Circus, you're like, there's that one definite standout. So it's kind of like, like imagine you went to secondary school in, I don't know where, the middle of nowhere, rural, rural Victoria, and you get like a 99.9 on your ATAR, like... <laughs> you're obviously clearly going to be the ducks of the school and everyone else is sort of like running through with their 60s and 70s and like, going like oh, what are you going to do? Like, oh, no, I'm just, you know, I'm going to get, go to uni and go do, I don't know, any degree that they want to do that I guess they can get into. And he's just going, he's potentially going to be one of the greatest riders like ever. 
and he's some guy in 2015 started eating like baby food through a needle. Like, <laughs> so after all this research, why is he? Why does he decide to stay? He is it because he can do cyclocross, or he's got this massive blockbuster deal? He's on a two-year. I think he's contracted to the end of next year, um, and I think that, uh, I'm not too sure of the ins and outs, but I'm assuming if they this year went up to that pro conti level purely and solely it was going to be focused on him right so we could do those world tour races and it's paid off and he returned on their investment <laughs> yes in, in a big way in bucket load <laughs> yeah right so i think to do that there must have been some sort of behind the scenes negotiation to go look we can guarantee we'll get pro conti status you be able to do all the races you want and do your psycho cross because there's obviously rules and regs that must be um followed in the cyclocross world so he's obviously still doing a bit of that he's obviously mountain biking um i think on the weekends he's doing medical research and cancer <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know what these dutch guys do they're bloody crazy he might be making clogs for all we know he might own the, the place that makes the clogs he could probably buy the factory where they make the clogs now he probably invented clogs for all we know or his great-grandfather so he's got pretty good heritage but anyway, so that's uh, that's Corandon Circus. There, um, yeah, I just still can't believe that plane. <laughs> the whole the whole loss suffered a hull loss. <laughs> don't know what it means. Don't know what it involves. You don't even losing your hull. I'm assuming <laughs> of all the things you want on the plane, you want wings, you want a captain, and probably a hull. <laughs> like like making a cake, you need key ingredients. You're like oh shit, we forgot the forgot the sugar. Like, no, it's not a cake then, is it? <laughs> Catches fire. Anyway, thanks, boys. Thanks, uh, Harper. We're two A's again. We uh, we love the support, which which we love. We love support. Um, they uh, they will be keeping up the good work as as will we all at the social club. So uh, until next time, uh, whatever goodbye is in Belgium. <laughs> thanks, Tom. Thanks, Thomas. Mm.